At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back into the Green Zone final hour of the program here. I am Brady Cannon live from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. And my partner James Salinas is along Via Denver, Colorado, keeping tabs on NBA, hockey, college basketball, certainly college basketball in the air big time here across the entire country as we near Selection Sunday. We have all kinds of coverage here on VEASAN, by the way, for Selection Sunday coming up March 13th. This Iowa State-Baylor game, James, is just wild here. Baylor just a one-point lead now. Iowa State actually had the lead for a moment just moments ago, but now with three and a half minutes left to go, Baylor has retaken the lead 65-64, to your current score there in Waco, Texas. Also a great game going on between your Drake Bulldogs and your bet they're catching a point and a half. They are now tied up with Missouri State in this Missouri Valley Conference semifinal here. 66 apiece with just over a minute to go in regulation in that one. And North Carolina has been on a great run over here at the Cameron Indoor Arena in Durham, California, or in Durham, North Carolina. 65 to 61. North Carolina now actually leads the Blue Devils by four points. They are still underdogs in the live market by a point and a half in your total. This game has really been on an over-the-total pace, James. After they had a little bit of a slow start, we talked about it, some of the nerves and the enormity uh, of this moment, this age-old rivalry between these two teams and the Coach K factor and all the people that are in the building today. These teams felt that and got off to a sluggish start, but since then it's been a scoring fest. Your live total now almost 10 points above where it closed prior to tip at 161 and a half. Yeah, with Carolina with the four-point lead with about eight minutes to go here. And it's, the story has been the interior for North Carolina. And and in particular, Amanda Baycott, he's nine out of ten from the floor, Brady, wow. 21 points. So he has not missed. Basically, he's getting whatever shot he wants down on the down in the low block and in the on the painted area. I think it's really the, the struggle has been from beyond the arc. Six out of 18 for the Tar Heels from three. Caleb Love really struggling to shoot the ball. Not only two of six from three point land but four of 15 overall from the floor but Carolina has been able to get to the free throw line so being able to get to playing defense not fouling on their side and committing some fouls being able to to get some fouls out of the Duke side where they're getting the free throw line they've made 11 free throws to Duke's two free throws and I think right now that's the difference in this game is at the foul line we touched on it in the last segment coming up at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern will be the USC Trojans going to Poly Pavilion to take on the UCLA Bruins. UCLA opened as eight point favorites with a total of 135 and 
That eight felt a little strong to me, and we've seen a little bit of money come uh, come in on USC. But right now, the Bruins, the consensus number is back up to eight. There are some seven and a halfs out there in the market. Now, UFC is coming off of a pounding they took at the hands of Arizona while UCLA got a win on the road at Washington. And the Bruins are also out for revenge here, seeking to avenge a 67-64 loss to the Trojans in the first meeting earlier this season. And maybe the point spreads inflated a little bit off of that pounding that USC took uh, by the Arizona Wildcats, James. UCLA, I believe, was a three-point favorite at the Galen Center when they lost outright to USC earlier. So, you know, the four- or five-point adjustment makes sense, but it still feels a little thick to me in a rivalry game like this. Well, and Brady, especially if we don't know the status for Johnny Juzang, is he going to play? He's missed the last few games with an ankle injury on that road trip, and it was a really grueling trip that they finished off with a a win in Washington on Monday. They had played. That was the final. That was the sixth game in 12 days for UCLA, but now they've had the entirety of the week to to get themselves rested. I don't know. I just see for Johnny Juzang, it just says, I'm wondering if that this number is indicative of the suspect suspecting that Juzang is going to be on the floor, and you know he's going to want to be on the floor for this case not only for UCLA of what happened this earlier this season but the fact that they've lost the last five games to the Trojans there's a number of players on that roster that are on that floor tonight that have never beaten USC so you know this team is hungry to go take down the Trojans tonight and and as far as UCLA is concerned we know that this team we know what it's going to be with the McCronin team it's going to be, we are going to check you and be very physical with you on the defensive side. And what we've been seeing is uh, seeing Hawkins really, Jaime Hawkins getting in there and banging a lot and really working through the post area to score the points for the UCLA Bruins. So choosing, that's a big question mark for me to get involved in this game. But on the other side, Brady, this USC team, uh, this is, I mean, you look at their record and I'm just really, I just don't understand where this, uh, I just don't see this team as being that good. I haven't seen consistency out on the perimeter. It's, I don't like their guards. I don't think they're very athletic de- uh, defensively. And then offensively, it's not a very good perimeter shooting team. And yes, they've got the bigs in there, especially with Mobley being able to, to find his way in the paint. But I, I think for, for UCLA, they can play very physical with Mobley on the interior tonight. I favor UCLA in this match matchup, but I got to see if Juzang is going to be out there on the floor first. Yeah, Juzang is one of the best college basketball players we have in the country this year, so absolutely, definitely a factor to keep in mind there if you get involved with this contest. James, I want to uh, shift gears here and talk a little NFL. We can look at the draft and maybe some of the free agency moves. We already have seen the Dallas Cowboys kind of tip their hand. It looks like they're probably going to be parting ways with Amari Cooper. And Cooper had a pretty darn good season in 2021 for the Dallas Cowboys. Really started out hot, uh, cooled off a little bit later on in the season. But I still think he caught about 65 balls, had maybe just a little less than 1,000 yards receiving. But a pretty solid season for the uh, former Alabama star. But they are really you know, tied up salary cap wise, and he is set to make 20 million towards that cap if they don't figure out some way to let him go. So it looks like that is what they are going to do. I'll first ask you before we get into some of the draft order and whatnot here, do you think you'll have a team that will be a good landing spot for Amari Cooper? Anybody come to mind that you think would be a in the market to go pick up this young man? 
Well, I guess it's a matter of I'm most likely he is going to be cut here in the next couple of weeks before before the deadline and that because right now he counts, I think, 20 or 22 million against the cap for the Dallas Cowboys. If they cut him, it's only going to count as six million dollars against their salary cap. And they're up against it are the Dallas Cowboys, as are a number of teams. So we're going to see a lot of action out there in the free agent market, as well as folks being cut because of sal- You know, it's going to be salary cap casualties. We're going to see with a lot of players coming up here in the next couple weeks where would he best be suited i mean that's the challenge what is he going to command what are they gonna what are teams gonna want to pay he's been relatively healthy i know he uh, a couple years ago had the injury but you know i think he had a bout with covid this year so was able to play a majority of the games for the dallas cowboys and and i i I just wonder i I really don't know i mean i you think of a team i don't know could he go to I keep thinking about a team like Pittsburgh, and they need some vet- they they need some help at the receiver position, not only from a talent standpoint, but from some vet- a veteran leadership standpoint. We've just seen some of the immaturity with the Steelers' wide receiver crew over the last couple of years, and I'm not saying that that's where they might be able to send him, but you know, I don't know who's going to throw the football there in Pittsburgh, but a, a team like Pittsburgh that is sorely in need of some talent at the wide receiver position as well as some leadership there somebody that can just be a veteran presence to show those young receivers not only on the field Brady but from day to day this is how you operate as a professional because we've seen really some questionable not not only on the field for those Pittsburgh Steelers receivers but just really feels like a very immature unit yeah and I think maybe the Miami Dolphins could be another buyer uh, for Amari Cooper they certainly could use some help uh, you know all over the place on offense really the offensive line probably in the backfield as well and certainly at the wide receiver position and team him up with another former member of the Alabama Crimson Tide there in Miami I thought about the Las Vegas Raiders you know coming back to his former team but I don't think so I think the Raiders are looking pretty good with a with a younger core of receiving Mm -hmm. talent for the silver and black so it'll be interesting to see where Amari Cooper goes certainly a very talented wide receiver let's go back to the NFL draft here and you take a look at the draft order the Jacksonville Jaguars will once again have the number one pick of course they took Trevor Lawrence last Last year, they will not be in the market for a quarterback. The Detroit Lions have the second choice. The Houston Texans with the third pick. The New York Jets with the fourth. The New York Giants with the fifth pick and the seventh selection. And the Carolina Panthers with the sixth pick. And odds to be the number one choice in the draft. Evan Neal at minus 115. And that's actually gone the other direction. That's 35 points juicier than it was just uh, a week or two ago. Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan, the edge rusher. He is also drifted in price now from two to one up to plus 275. But the guy that has been getting some interest here is Iki Iwakunu, the lineman out of North Carolina State offensive tackle for the Wolfpack. He is now at four to one to be the number one pick. And he, it was not that long ago where we saw him as high as six to one. You've got a lot of linemen. It seems like at the top of this draft, both pass rushers and offensive linemen. And in the league that we're the type of league that we're in today, and especially the Jacksonville Jaguars, James, when they have that prize possession, their franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, it would think priority number one is to protect him with an offensive lineman pick. Absolutely. So whether it's going to be Ikwanu or is it going to be like you talked about Evan Neal, who's falling down as far as the odds are concerned, where he was a larger favorite just this past week. And yeah, I mean, 
thinking about the position, yeah, it's the the last time, and it's kind of interesting. You think about the the tackle position, the left tackle, and yes, you got to protect your your investment for the next decade with Trevor Lawrence. But uh, the last time we've seen a tackle get drafted number one overall, that was 2013 in Kansas City with Eric Fisher. Could it happen again? I suspect it will. But which one will it be? A lot more intrigue to come over the next few weeks. Yeah, Eric Fisher. I, I, I that was going to be my guess. It didn't seem like it was that long ago that the yeah. Chiefs took him number one. He's still a pretty darn good offensive lineman this many years later. Carolina has the lead over Duke under four minutes to go. They have a six-point advantage, 77-71. to 71. We'll be right back with more of the Green. the college hoops action for free with March Mania Survivor printed by K- presented by KFC. Pick winning teams throughout the tournament to outlast the competition and feast on your share of $30,000. Head to DraftKings.com slash KFC March Mania now to play for free in your cut of the cash. KFC, it's finger looking good. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you here inside the green zone. And it looks like Iowa State is going to get the cash, but the Baylor Bears will hang on for a victory here in a very back-and-forth contest in Waco, Texas today. Just 15 seconds left in regulation, and Baylor has the advantage, 75-68. to 68. A heck of a contest going on in Durham, North Carolina, between the North Carolina Tar Heels and the Duke Blue Devils. Right now, North Carolina with the lead 79 to 74 with three minutes left to go in regulation. And the Tar Heels have moved to a two and a half point favorite in the live market. Very interesting there. Maybe you want to jump on Duke, who is a 11 point favorite going into this game prior to tip. And now you can catch three and a half points with the Duke Blue Devils and Drake and Missouri State. I know you needed more of a sweat there, James. (laughs) Of course, your one and a half point underdog Drake Bulldogs now go to extra basketball here just about a minute and 45 seconds left in overtime and they're still tied at 74 apiece we knew it was going to come down to the final possession it's just a matter of well, am I on the right side? Is the blue side going to make the last basket, or is it going to be the Bears and the maroon side going to make that hoop? I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. This is what we expect, and a very, very competitive game. I think whoever wins this game, oh, put it on the board. There's a big three, young fella. Wasn't There's that the a big shot? Devri- yeah, stroke that. Good bust. But I think here, whoever whoever wins ends up winning this game uh, – the, the fan of seeing these teams keep grinding through this is loyal as Chicago. Like, good, keep grinding out and use more energy and more energy because we know, Brady, that's the thing with conference tournaments. You're playing multiple. You're playing every day. So some teams, three games, three nights, depending on what your seed was, potentially if you make it all the way, four games in four nights. And legs and, and fatigue starts to factor in into that final game. And so here, yeah, just all the energy expended in this match. This has been a very competitive game, very physical game. And I like the fact that not a lot of fouls called in this game considering how physical it's how physical the play has been on both sides of the floor Uh, i like the fact that for the most part the referees have swallowed the whistles and letting these fellas play 
You know, it's funny there. You got excited about your Drake Bulldogs hitting a three-pointer. It was almost exactly the same time that a player for North Carolina hit a three ball as well. So simultaneous three-point shots, big shots uh, coming down the stretch of regulation here for both North Carolina and the Bulldogs of Drake. Drake now up on Missouri State, 77-74 to 74 with a minute and a half left in overtime there. Two minutes left in regulation at Cameron Indoor Arena with North Carolina now on top of Duke by six, 82 to 76. Carolina looking to pull off the upset here as double digit underdogs. James, the uh, college basketball futures market, we of course have talked about conference tournaments and the futures market, who is going to win their respective conference tournament. We've talked about a futures market for teams to go to the final four. Don't have to win it all, but you can bet on them to get to the final four. Let's wrap it up now with teams to win the national championship. And, you know, the usual suspects that were there for the final four market are once a he- once again here uh, in this market. Gonzaga is your favorite at plus 350. Kentucky and Arizona at 7-1. to one. Again, this is to win it all. Purdue at 11-1. to one. Auburn and Duke at 12-1. to one. Kansas and Baylor at 14-1. to one. Villanova, Texas Tech, UCLA all at 25-1. to one. Tennessee at 35 to one. You and I talked about Villanova at six to one to make the final four. I didn't think that was a bad play. I don't think 25 to one to win it all is too shabby. Uh, Kentucky and Arizona seven to one. You know, I, I have a ticket on Arizona at 25 to one that I got a long time ago. I don't know if I would want to jump back in at seven, even though I really do like this team's chances. A little further down the board, I look at Houston at 40 to 1 and Illinois. You talked about Illinois a little bit earlier to get into the final four. Those are pretty big numbers for a couple of pretty darn good teams. They are big numbers. I just I don't think this Illinois team is as good this year as it was last year. You think about DeSomo now playing with is he in Chicago playing with the Bulls in the NBA. Who was a, a tremendous finisher and and such a slasher for them last year to be able to create something out of nothing when when their plays break down. But uh, for me, the only play that I have so far as a future, and I just took it last week, was with Kentucky. I was actually up the hill collecting some of my Super Bowl tickets from a few weeks back and made a run up there last Sunday and was at the Superbook of all places that's where I got the best numbers and that's some of the action that I put in for the Super Bowl and of course while I'm there and collecting the money they said would you like to play anything else sir and I said, <laughs> yeah, why don't I just go ahead and check out what your market looks like and they had Kentucky sitting at 10 to 1 a lot of other nice places price. like you said were, nice were 7 to 1 yeah. 8 to 1 and I looked real quick and scrolled through a number of sites like wow 10 to 1 maybe it was more so just the fact that that was the number I like Kentucky for uh, obviously I'm not going to I'm not just betting the number there at a price at 10 to 1 but uh, if I didn't like the team. And I think for Kentucky, the, the, the question is going to be the guard play and the health of the guards. Now, I saw Wheeler. He looks super quick. He was very athletic today. He looks completely healthy, but I think it's Ty Ty Washington's did not have a good game today. He is still working through his injury in real time on a, you know, playing competitively on the floor, but not anywhere close to 100%. Going to need both of those guards to be able to be healthy, uh, especially again, like I said, with Washington, but, but, Oscar Chiway. I mean, he is just such a load on both sides of the floor and a smart player. Really plays very well. Plays great defense without fouling. He's not one of those guys that you have concerns with about getting into foul trouble. He's such a big piece of their team on the on the interior, both offensively and defensively. But we see sometimes those guys they get themselves in the foul trouble and it really hurts the hurts that their said team. I think here for Chiway, he's just such a really smart player. He's got great instincts to play. 
as far as rebounding and his prowess to get on the glass. So I did play the Kentucky Wildcats at the 10 to 1 price. But aside from that, I, it just feels like, as far as the numbers are concerned, you mentioned Gonzaga at three, three anywhere between three and four to one, depending on where you looked. Way too short of a number to get involved for me uh, on any futures board. But I think they're going to have the probably playing out west the easiest path to get to the final four, and then from there you just have to win two games to, to be the champion. But I don't know. I, I think looking, I'd look for longer shots. You mentioned Villanova, and I don't think they're going to win the entire thing. But at twenty-five to one, just to get a a very well-coached team that is very physical and can get baskets in a variety of different ways, playing in a half-court set. That's a team that, because of the price, that might be another one I'd consider. Missouri State driving to the rim just had a shot blocked. They trail by one point. The Drake Bulldogs on top, 77 to 76 right now, and just 15 seconds left in this ball game. And Missouri State indeed ends up getting a bucket there. Now 78 to 77. They take a one-point advantage, and we've got about less than five seconds left in regulation here. Drake drives to the rack and it is oh. no good and you're gonna win by the hook. No, Every half it's fouled. Point. Oh, he's it's fouled, a foul, Brady. He's okay, so oh, the he's gonna go to the line. This could be he's an outright victory for you. Well, either way, because well, you're catching a point and a half. Uh, and by the way, North Carolina, very impressive. They are going to not only beat Duke, they're crushing the Blue Devils mm. now. 88 to 76 wow. with under 45 seconds left to go in this one from Cameron Indoor. So a couple of losses for the Dukies this year on their home floor to Virginia not too long ago and now to their rival in North Carolina. And you've got such a crowd on hand. We talked about what a big mm -hmm. deal this was. You were talking about the price of tickets and and the coach, the Coach K Swan Song farewell tour and and I want to ask you, we're having this conversation about, you know, college basketball futures to win the national championship. Duke is at 12 to 1. They, here's a situation where obviously, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's right to say they couldn't handle it. But are they, it's going to be like this throughout the NCAA tournament on this farewell tour for their coach and the crowds and the pressure and, you know, the, everything that comes with the swan song for their, for their leader in Shashevsky. And you wonder if maybe that's going to be a little too much if this is anything that we can, you know, take from that and kind of project. Well, and not just thinking about all the distractions, all the hoopla, all the hype that went around this final game here at home for, for Coach K in Cameron. But, you know, each each step through the tournament, they're going to be answering those questions in between each session. If they make it to the second week, a full week of distractions, I have to talk about it. And then again, this is this this is. Blue Devils roster has a, its collection of plenty of talent, but again, it doesn't feel like a team to me. What is the identity of this team? Plenty of talent, and we've kind of seen that from Coach K over the last handful of years, went more the one-and-done route, and I think they're talent-wise, you're going to get tremendous players, special players that are going to go on and play at the next level in the NBA, but from a team perspective, that just doesn't play out, especially in the tournament time come March. These are teams that I avoid. I don't, I'm not interested in collection of talent. I want chemistry I want camaraderie on the court, and that's what we're not seeing here. Collection of talent for Coach K, but not really a team. 92 to 78 now. The North Carolina Tar Heels out in front of Duke. Duke does hit a three-pointer there. Under 15 seconds left to go. 92 to 81 in favor of North Carolina. We've got a timeout on the floor between Drake and Missouri State. They are tied at 78 and one more free throw coming for the Bulldogs. We'll be back on the other side. Vinny Maliulo joins us next right here on the Green Zone.
Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game in every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, on every key team, conference, and player to watch from the favorites to potential Cinderella's. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VSIN through April the 5th. Only $19 at vsin.com slash madness. And some madness already has begun in the world of college basketball. The Drake Bulldogs pull it off over Missouri State, 79 to 78. They were down by a point. They drove to the foul or to the rack with just about a second left in the ball game. The player was fouled. He got two shots. He made both of them. And Missouri State, with just 1.1 seconds left, was not able to convert. And Drake advances to the championship game there in the Missouri Valley Conference tournament. 78-70, excuse me, 79-78 once again in favor of Drake. And a wild affair in Durham, North Carolina at Cameron Indoor. The North Carolina Tar Heels pull it off and in a big way over Duke, winning by 13. The big party there for Coach Krzyzewski and all the luminaries in the crowd. It did not go their way in Durham today. 94-81. to Carolina really smashes Duke. It'll be interesting to see how Carolina can perform in the ACC tournament. Now we want to bring in our man, Vinny Maliulo. He's a colleague here of ours at VSIN, and he's also the chief odds maker for Gone Gaming. And Vinny, welcome to the program. Uh, of course, college basketball is in the air in a big way, and I want to talk about a prop bet that you guys have at the South Point and all the Gone Gaming outlets around town. Uh, and it seems like, at least as far as I've been paying attention the last few years or so, you guys have been doing this on a regular basis and and even expanded it a little bit this year. You've got three, basically, collections of teams with odds associated, and one of those teams in that grouping has to win the national championship. You've got Gonzaga, Purdue, Kentucky, UCLA, Illinois, and Texas in one group. Baylor, Arizona, LSU, Michigan, Michigan State, rather, Duke and Iowa in another grouping. They are at plus 250, that particular group, to have one team out of there cut down the nets. And then finally, Kansas, Villanova, Auburn, Wisconsin, and Houston at 4-1 to one for one of those teams to get it done. And then you've also got a field bet at 10-1 to one if any of those teams in any of those groups does not end up as your national champion. Uh, I think this thing is great to try and handicap. You know, obviously, you've got to consider all of these teams. H- have the betters been as enthusiastic as well at the window? Oh, yeah, definitely, uh, Brady. Yeah, good to be with you and James today. And uh, let's kind of retrace it a little bit. You mentioned the current prices. We put this up in the, uh, January 28th, so uh, right, be, uh, right before the Super Bowl. And, of course, you know, folks, what you're part of the handicap is to look at it and just look at it as, 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 it, as it stands on its own in Group A, Group B, Group C, and then, of course, the field. And, by the way, this, this is irrelevant of what the committee decides to do, right? I mean, uh, you know, whatever regional uh, regions and things like that. But part of the handicap is to say, okay, perhaps, do you have any individual tickets? Do you have tickets on any teams individually? And if the if you do, then maybe you're looking at a, a different group, or maybe you've got some teams that are already grouped in ours. So, uh, you know, you're making a determination there. So we did open it uh, with everybody on the plus side. So the first group that you mentioned, 
uh, group uh, Group A with uh, Gonzaga, Purdue, Kentucky, UCLA, Illinois, and Texas Tech. We did open them at nine to five, and now they're uh, minus a quarter. So that that one got pr- quite a bit of play, especially when Kentucky started to get on their run. You know, they were kind of so-so. They were not so-so, but they were struggling a little bit right before we put this up. Uh, Purdue was playing better, uh, but uh, they've been uh, bet down now to uh, five to six. Uh, Baylor, Arizona, LSU, Michigan State, Duke, and Iowa, as you mentioned, plus 220. Uh, that's what they opened. They're up to three to one. Uh, I'm sorry, five to two right now. We did take some money on that one uh, Friday morning. Group C with Kansas, Villanova, Auburn, Wisconsin, Houston, Ohio State uh, opened at uh, 220, up to four to one. And then the field, and let's remember, you know, there's some pretty decent teams in the field. I mean, uh, Tennessee's in the field, Arkansas. Uh, who's playing terrific, uh, even though they uh, they had a, hard, a tough one today, but they were down by 19 at one point today. Uh, Providence, uh, even though they got beat by uh, Villanova the other day, USC. So plenty of good teams there. Uh, that opened at 6-1, to now sits at 10-1. So we had a lot of fun with it. It's been well-received so far uh, by the betters. Vinny, and I think anytime for as betters, we're, if you're looking to start doing some plays like you have there or some other options, if you're just looking for futures or who might potentially go to the final four, there's so many different ways to be able to bet the, the madness before it actually starts. I'm just kind of curious for you guys, because I think for us, if we're betting that or we're betting certain things, we're trying to figure out where we're projecting where teams might be. Maybe not so much a seed, but what region they might be in. And is there an advantage of playing in a region? So I'm wondering from your bookmaker's perspective, uh, especially when you start to put the lines out and once the selections committee comes out next Sunday and we know where everybody's going to be placed, do you try to project out where certain teams might potentially play based on the region? and whether that be an advantage or a disadvantage based on where the sites are for, for this year's tournament? Yeah, it's a good question, James. And I mean, right now when we make adjustments, yes. But of course, back in January, late January, I think the only thing we realized, hey, Duke, uh, you know, where's my Krzyzewski want to play? I mean, look, <laughs> I know he got beat today, but let's face it. I think I even made, he even, uh, you know, typically Duke is, winds up in the East, right? Uh, but I think he actually made a request. I love you. I'd love to be in Chicago. Well, geez, yeah. hey, hey, coach, if, if you're going to be in Chicago, you're going to need about 5,000 tickets because that's where you're from and your family you got all these friends and relatives. But in all seriousness, um, I think at this point now, based on today, and we'll see what happens in the tournament. This week is going to tell a lot, right? The conference tournaments, and again, let's remember uh, there, there's pow- there are a power six conferences when you're talking about college basketball because you have to include the big east unlike football where there's power five so we tried to balance it out first of all regionally with this but also based on the success of the teams we're having back then now part of the adjustment is not just the betting part of it but how teams perform uh, going down the stretch and and then of course uh, uh, in the uh, conference tournaments this week so that's uh, that's a good question james and you as a as a better are going to uh, want to look at the same things as well depending on what you have. I was listening to you guys earlier. You got some future tickets uh, on some of the uh, the key teams and the teams that you guys were talking about are all going to be on the one, two or three line coming into, uh, into regionals. Vinny, let's talk about maybe uh, where there's some liability uh, at the South point, as far as college basketball futures. Uh, are, are you heavy on Gonzaga? You talked about the recent interest in Kentucky. They look like an absolute contender these days. I mean, their number to make the final four is just plus 150 under two to one for the Kentucky Wildcats to get there. Where do you guys uh, have the most liability as far as the national championship? 
Yeah, uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to see Villanova. I mean, Villanova open at 25 to one. Uh, looks like they're going to be the number one seed in the East right now. So a little bit there. Uh, Gonzaga, Gonzaga's just been popular. We opened them at six to one uh, last spring after the final four. They're down to three to one. We did uh, take some gradual money on them. Uh, I'll tell you, the team, too, you have to be careful of is Arkansas. I mentioned them earlier. Arkansas got some play, and they were, you know, uh, not so long ago, they were up to 100 to one. We opened them 30. Uh, and again, if, if from our side of the counter, and from uh, from your side of the count, you want to pay attention to operations that are willing to bump prices up. I mean, if you're if you're a bookmaker, it, you know, obviously you're going to lower prices. Well, you've got to be, you know, you got to consider raising prices too to try to offset some liability. So uh, we did we did get um, get them as high as uh, as a hundred to one. So there was some uh, some money bet on them there. Uh, Texas Tech. Uh, opened at uh, 80 to one. Texas Tech, great defensive team. Tough loss today, uh, but they're going to be uh, they're going to be a tough out too. So some of, those are some of the teams where uh, some folks, uh, you know, what they had some belief in them. And uh, Auburn opened at 40 to one last spring, and uh, you know what? I mean, they uh, they finally won a big uh, road game uh, this uh, this past week. But going to be a different situation now coming into uh, coming into the tournament, right? These are neutral courts, but every every high seed has everybody rooting for them. Everybody roots for the underdogs in those arenas. So uh, look for teams that played well on the road. Uh, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be important come tournament time. Yeah. Vinny, the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks have some of my money as well. I uh, got them mm-hmm. at 50 to one and you mentioned they drifted all the way to a hundred or even higher. And I, yeah. I was not real happy with my ticket, but now I'm pretty happy again. They're on, they're on a run and, <laughs> and they're back into that neighborhood of 50 to one or even lower uh, real quick here, Vinny, just about 20 seconds left. Um, we, of yep. course, have a huge population of conference tournaments right here in Las Vegas. Do you garner a ton of action on the Pac-12, the Mountain West, all those conference tournaments that are here in town? Yep, the five conference tournaments will draw, uh, particularly the West Coast and the uh, Pac-12 tournaments. People love to have something on the games. And let's remember, uh, when, when any event that's here in town always has about 20 to 25% higher handle, plus in-game. So, yes, there'll be more handle on the game on those tournaments because they're here. All right, my friend. I can't wait for the madness to begin. It really has begun already. Thanks, Vinny. I'll see you again soon. Good to be with you guys. All right. That is Vinny Maliulo. We will be back with more James Salinas and Brady Cannon on the Green Zone. Yingling bracket battle and bring the goods. Make your college hoops picks before the tournament's first tip-off and take a free shot at a share of $60,000 in cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Yingling now to join the action. Yingling, logger up and bring the goods. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. 
Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you here inside the Green Zone. Coming up, it is Mr. College Basketball himself, Greg Peterson for the VEASAN Bet Center. We'll take you for the next four hours here on the network and updating a couple of scores. Texas A&M out in front of Mississippi State, 12-8. to Boise State and Colorado State off and running up in Fort Collins. Still 15 and a half minutes left in the first half. They are tied at seven apiece. Colorado State went off as about a three and a half point favorite in that contest. Washington, the Huskies taking on the Beavers of Oregon State. Oregon State got a win, uh, got a cover over Washington or with Washington State uh, earlier this week. Washington out in front of the Beavers in this one in a big way, 47 to 28. And the Musketeers of Xavier up on Georgetown by 20, 68 to 48. And the Ohio Valley Conference Championship game underway between Murray State and Moorhead State. And right now, Murray State out in front by three, 12 to nine, just under 15 minutes left to go in that one. James, let's take a look at some of the games coming up. I, I'm going to call it Mountain West and West Coast Conference after dark action. We will begin uh, in Nevada right here in the Silver State. San Diego State is at Nevada, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time for the tip. San Diego State won its third game in a row, narrowly edging Fresno State on Thursday just by a point, 65 to 64. The Aztecs are on a 5-1 against the spread run, while Nevada lost for the third straight time, coming up short against Boise State on Tuesday, 73-67. to San Diego State looking to complete the season sweep of the Wolfpack. They won 65-63, to a close one just a month ago. The Aztecs now favored in this one by four, and I think uh, this, you talked about it earlier, this Aztecs team, it, it's seems like they have been really battle tested and kind of through the ringer for about the last month of the season. Now, Nevada certainly not in a great spot right now. Uh, and we see that the Aztecs favored on the road, but maybe possible spot to think about for the home dog here. Well, I'm just thinking about the, the situation for San Diego state over the course of this past week. And in this case here, the last six days on Monday, went up to Laramie, were able to beat the Cowboys on their home court. And really, it was it was the the Matt Bradley show. I mean, he was tremendous shooting the basketball. He got wherever he wanted to. And he's been on fire lately for the San Diego State Aztecs. And I think here, then from that game, they come home on Thursday. They beat Fresno State, like you mentioned, in double overtime. Now you're going to travel again. So now you're back out on the road. You're going to go play a Nevada team. You've already beaten them earlier in the season. I just, I'm not sure where the the legs are right now for San Diego State considering not only the the amount of games they played third game in six days here but also the the level of energy expended not only the double overtime game at, against Fresno but very competitive game up in Wyoming defeating the Cowboys back on Monday and really been so dependent offensively on Matt ba Bradley he's been shooting just shooting lights out and had 30 in the game against Wyoming 26 against Fresno State here, I just wonder from an energy standpoint with Nevada, very disappointing season this year for the Wolfpack. But here at home, 
I, I was looking more so. I'm I'm liking the home dog here, but I don't know if I really like it for the full 40 minutes. I just don't know if they this is a team that can sustain a high quality level of play to pull off an upset like this against San Diego State. But for the first 20 minutes, they're sitting at plus one and a half. It's feeling like maybe it takes San Diego State a little while to to get their second win and get themselves and their competitive juices into this game. So I'm leaning towards Nevada, but just playing the first half plus one and a half. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I, it seems like I've seen it the last month or so in college basketball where you play against that team that goes to overtime or double overtime in that same week, and then they come back and they struggle to have the fresh legs and whatnot. So I think it makes sense there. Maybe not to try it for the entire 40 minutes, but certainly 20 minutes there on the home team in the Nevada Wolfpack. Uh, we've got another game in Nevada, the state of Nevada in Las Vegas at the Orleans arena where of course they have the west coast conference tournament and we've got a quarterfinals matchup right here at the orleans arena featuring byu and san francisco the dons opened up as two point favorites with a total of 144 and byu is on a back-to-back here of course they advanced uh out of the second round with an 85 to 60 thumping of loyola marymount that was on friday now the dons are well rested uh they closed out the regular season with a win over University of San Diego last Saturday. These two teams, USF and BYU, they split the season series. Now, San Francisco rolled the Cougars in the most recent matchup a month ago, 73-59 to on the road in Provo over the Cougars. As it stands right now, the Dons have seen a little bit of the money. They are up to three-point favorites over BYU now in tonight's contest, James, and the total basically unchanged. It stands at 144. Yeah, I don't... Uh, and. Pardon me for just a second, Brady. I got to pull my head. Morehead State on a 15 to nothing run right now. I'd loaded up a little wow. more on that first half with Morehead State plus the four and a half. And they fell behind 12 to two early. Now they're up 17 to 12. Just hitting from lights out from deep. But anyhow, going back to your question. That, that's uh, wild. About- that's wild because I looked up at it. We were at commercial break and I said, oh, 12 to two. Boy, that's weird. Then, then when mm-hmm. I, I updated the score, it was like. 12 to 7 or 12 to 9 or something. Boy, yeah, no, what a run. Yeah, well, and I just, I, I was, we were talking about this game when we were breaking it down earlier and just feel like this Moorhead State team is very competitive. This was a, a, I think this is just a very disciplined team on both sides of the basketball. See, they hedge hard on that ball screen again. They're just very aggressive out on the perimeter on their defense. And and now we're starting to see now for, for Murray State got off to a hot start, but struggling to find open looks as the game progresses. But getting back to your point here for the, the WCC game, the conference tournament game there in Las Vegas tonight, BYU and San Francisco. Yeah, I just I wonder, you know, sometimes you can look at this a couple ways with these conference tournament games. BYU did get the game under their belts, pretty much a runaway, so uh, no tired legs coming into this game for BYU. Got to empty out the bench in that blowout last night for San Francisco. Hasn't played. This is their first tournament game, and sometimes you can see these, the teams that have had a game in conference and tournament play under their belt. Maybe they're, the, the juices are, you know, the juices are flowing, the nerves have already been settled, and now you're, you're already in in tournament mindset where a team like San Francisco, which I think is the better team here, and I'm leaning towards them for the entirety of the game, but maybe in that first half, uh, maybe it takes San Francisco a little while, not so much that they're rusty, but just haven't played at that 
tournament level and the intensity level that has to be playing when you're talking about a conference tournament here. Uh, I lean towards San Francisco here. I don't know if I'm going to get involved with this game, Brady, but I lean towards San Francisco, but maybe more so in game or BYU in the, for the first 20 minutes because I feel like having that game under their belt, sometimes that's an advantage for teams in a tournament. Yeah, I, I like San Francisco just from a team standpoint, but I think you bring up a great thing, a, a handicapping tool, if you will, when we get to these conference tournaments. You won't necessarily see it in the big dance, but these conference tournaments where you have a team that has a buy, a first round buy, second round buy, whatever it is, and you get that team that has a little bit of activity under their belt, and like you say, maybe has shaken the nerves off a little bit, and and they come in, you know, not necessarily fresh in the sense, but they've gotten that anxiety, they've gotten past that point, and they've had some tournament experience, that rested team uh, you know, the rest versus rust thing. And, and and again, taking a look at BYU there in the first half, you would be figuring on possibly a little bit of rust for the Dons. I think that makes a lot of sense. So uh, I may get involved there because, uh, I, you know, Wes Reynolds is another guy that looks at that type of thing. You would think the rested team would have an advantage. It's not always true when you've had a little action under your belt. Boise State currently leading Colorado State 18-17, to 17, a good one going on so far in, Col- in Fort Collins. 11 minutes left in the first half there and Boise State now a two and a half point underdog in the live market as they take a short lead there about halfway through the first half and Moorhead State continuing that role. They're at a TV timeout now. Murray State couldn't handle it any longer. James 20 to 14 for Moorhead State now leading Murray State in the Ohio Valley Conference Championship game. We're better than halfway through the first half now. Nine minutes and 30 seconds left. Murray State still a favorite in the live market at minus three and a half. I wonder if you'd kind of try and pull somewhat of a little bit of a middle there, James, and maybe come back on Murray State now laying the short price. Well, I think for me, I'm just involved in the first half, so it's Moorhead State plus the four and a half for the first 20 minutes, and you know, I'm kind of pulling for Moorhead State. I like what I've seen out there. Again, I think they're a very well-coached team, and I'd love to see, because Murray State, regardless, they lose this they lose this game. They're still going to be an at-large bid into the big dance here in two weeks. I'd love to see two teams from the Ohio Valley actually make the tournament, so in this case here, I'm going to be kind of, I'm a fan for my ticket in the first half, and then I'm going to be a fan for Moorhead State for the game, because I hope two teams get in from that conference. That would be awesome. Awesome. A lot of mid-majors, a lot of Cinderella's. We might have four or five, who knows how many from the Mountain West out of here in Las Vegas. That's going to do it for us. Stick around, everybody. See you later, James. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Greg Peterson in the VEASAN Bet Center is next.